The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Welcome back to this week's episode of Pod Chat, where every week we talk about, you know, dance. Life has been absolutely fabulous as of late, since returning from Harvey in Houston, which you can hear about in one of my recent podcast episodes. I've attended two weddings of some great friends. I was even in a wedding, the wedding party for one of those. I applied for an apartment in what my hubby and I hope will be our new home in Sunnyside Gardens in Queens, New York City. It's right south of Astoria, so it's right over the bridge. Uh, and we have been steadfastly packing up our lives in Philadelphia in preparation for this major transition in our lives. 21 months of intense effort are about to come to an end, and I am so excited to close this chapter of my life that has involved super commuting for four to eight hours a day, and by the end of this period, this entire summer, it's been almost daily. With that said, I hope that you understand why I will be taking the next month off from podcasting to focus my efforts on moving, unpacking, well, I guess packing, then moving, and then unpacking, and then also I'm starting the school year at a handful of new schools. I've produced one episode each week for Chat for nearly 75 weeks at this point, so I hope you understand my need to focus on this life-changing month. My plan is to return around my birthday, which is October 14th, to continue offering you unique and interesting content on all things dance. And who knows, because it is around my birthday when I return, maybe I'll return with a surprise or two in store. So it'll be about four to five weeks. Uh, don't hold me to the either of those dates, but it'll be one of those two. But please do not worry, I will definitely be back. This isn't, uh, I need a break, and then all of a sudden I won't be back. This is just a strategically planned. Uh, my producer and I have talked about this, and I, I just need to focus on this transition, as I think you would need to do as well. <laughs> all right, so with this announcement here, I might as well announce my current open class and workshop schedule. In exciting news, I'll be hosting my first workshop in New York City at Broadway Dance Center starting this Sunday. For eight weeks, every Sunday at 6 p.m., I will be starting from scratch for anybody who wishes to attend my absolute beginner workshop. We'll be starting from the ground up, talking about the positions of the feet, the positions of the arms, and really breaking down each individual step so that if you want to attend any other classes, you know where you're going. You're not just lost in following people. So if you want to learn these basics or if you just want to brush up on technique or rebuild your foundation, please contact Broadway Dance Center to sign up. Beyond that, I am teaching beginning ballet classes at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesdays at Broadway Dance Center, and those just got extended through November. And I will also be continuing my regular advanced beginner ballet classes at 6 p.m. on Fridays. So if you want some good ballet technique and a little bit of a 
a mix of Vaganova, straight Russian Vaganova technique, and then Balanchine styling. Come check me out. I'm still waiting for more advanced ballet classes and uh, contemporary classes of all levels to pop up. So during this hiatus, if those do uh, come onto my schedule, be sure to check my Facebook page as I post my schedule on there weekly. All right. Okay, now that we have all of those announcements over and done with, today I wanted to talk about the reason why this podcast is so important to me. I know this may sound funny, but stick with me, and you'll see what I'm talking about and why I feel it's so important to have uh, this this platform as a part of this dance world. So, to tell the story, I need to back a bit up. So let's jump back about 20 years ago, back in 1997, when I was a mere 13 years old. I started to fall in love with dance. I had been playing the piano since I was five. I had been preparing for my secondary black belt test in taekwondo and i was competing in freestyle roller the freestyle roller skating circuit yep let's just put that hilarious truth out there i was kind of a busybody as a kid kind of like i am as as an adult i had all of my schooling on top of that i took honors classes and then i had multiple activities after school i'd been taking two dance classes a year up to that point one ballet and one hip-hop when the dance bug really bit me All I wanted to do was dance all day, all evening, all week, and all weekend long. Any moment that I was awake, I wanted to be dancing. I started to fall out of love with taekwondo and roller skating, and my passion for dance and music, which was so seamlessly tied to one another, grew to a point where I actually sometimes would feel physical pain in my chest, like in my heart area, because I wanted to dance for the rest of my life. So I knew if I wanted to dance for the rest of my life, I had to do it for a living. But I felt physical pain because I wanted to dance so badly. As time passed and my passion grew stronger, people started to tell me I had potential, but always tried to steer me away from ballet. I can't tell you how many times people told me, well, maybe you should really focus on modern dance, or you should really uh, do this, uh, musical theater or jazz. Uh, But I really wanted to be in the ballet world. So the interesting thing about this transition is that while people were doing this because they saw potential in me elsewhere, it actually pushed me closer to ballet. All I wanted to do was prove to them that they were wrong about their assumptions. At this point, I chose an art form where your voice is your body instead of the other way around, where (laughs) your body is often used to help accentuate your voice like in musical theater. Beyond this, I also knew that I had a few strikes against me in ballet, ranging from limited facility to a late start and technical faults that should have been fixed early on in my training, but they were still with me into my early to mid-teens. Nonetheless, I dove headfirst into the deep end and became the most submissive, responsive vessel of information and let my teachers guide me along the path towards where I am today. I mean, if I was in class, there was no chance that I was going to speak up. (laughs) I am so thankful for this intense period of my life, which closer resembles what I have experienced these past two years, as I have pushed myself to my limit to seek success and fulfillment in this new stage of my career. But on this path, there was something I lost along the way. With my pure submission towards my teachers and refusal to let myself stand in my own way, I had lost my voice. Not that I lacked an opinion or wouldn't speak up if something felt horribly wrong, but I chose to let my teacher wholly guide me and trust them and often chose not to offer verbal input as long as I felt that I was being led in the right direction. 
Once I finally started my career, there were moments where I started to see this submissive streak break, and I feel it was mostly because I had actually lost a part of my voice. It was like it was going to come out no matter what. The first time, which I was only recently reminded of when I was down with the Uptown Dance Company, um, Alex Pandisho, who was our Bourneville expert in our... Uh, Ballet Techniques Uncovered podcast. The two of us started our career together uh, with Houston Ballet as apprentices, and he he reminded me of this. I completely forgot. But when I was with Houston Ballet, the director of the company, Stanton Welch, had asked me to an attend a rehearsal for the following season when I was already leaving to join Pacific Northwest Ballet. Now, the way that the company worked there was they had a really long contract, a 44-week contract. So you didn't finish your season on the last day of performances. There was actually another week or two of rehearsals after the the last show of the season. Because this was the first year that Stanton Welch had been director, he had really wanted to transition the company. So about 15 dancers left the company or weren't offered contracts at the end of that season. And of everybody in that group, I was the only one asked to attend rehearsals for the following season. So... I had found this out like the day before our last show. And on our last show of the season, I walked up to, to my boss and I asked him. And I mean, I wasn't defensive at this time. I just wanted to know. I asked him why he was doing this. And because I was I was kind of upset. I was kind of offended. He hadn't offered me a contract yet when uh, and it had been some time. So I just took the job with Pacific Northwest Ballet without even asking. So I was kind of hurt at the same time. But then it seemed like... If he really wanted me to be there, then why didn't he offer me a contract? So, anyway, as I said, I was, I or as I was saying, I walked up to my boss and I asked him why he was doing this. And uh, that use of my non-submissive voice wasn't particularly accepted by him. His response was a loud, disruptive conversation um, where other dancers backstage ended up crowding around us, and I was, I ended up trying to just defend myself um and that really affected me greatly it, it really uh made me feel that i needed to learn how to use my voice uh, a bit better i was changed and i felt that i had to find a way to use my voice to protect myself and even a little bit others around me years later while watching a tragic stage rehearsal at pnb and, and by tragic this was a really bad day at pacific northwest ballet we it was our first program of the season. I can't remember what year it was, but we were in our first day teching uh, on stage, and there was a brand new Marley floor that had been laid out on the stage, and something was wrong. It was defective, and it had turned into an ice skating rink, uh, only if you were on point. So the guys were fine, but the ladies were were not. Um, and when this day, I felt that undancer-like need to use my voice again. We were rehearsing George Balanchine's Symphony in Three Movements, and uh, like I said, due to some defect in the new floor, all of the women on point were dropping like flies. In less than 15 minutes of the first hour of rehearsal, nine women had fallen. One had even dislocated her shoulder, and she had to leave the stage, and I, I don't remember if she had to go to the hospital or if she, they were just trying to see how it, it improved or not, but she had dislocated her shoulder. Rehearsal still continued, though. It finally took Patricia Barker, who was who's the person who essentially put Pacific Northwest Ballet on the map, a famous, famous dancer who is now the royal, the director of a uh, brand new director of Royal New Zealand Ballet. Um, she fell 
during a, a menage, a pique menage, a circle of pique turns. And um, she fell backwards after her point shoe slipped and she suffered a concussion. Uh, and that's when they finally said, okay, something's wrong with the floor, we need to stop rehearsal. I remember her telling us that the doctor said if she didn't have a bun on her head that she would have likely fractured her skull from the impact that was so severe. I remember by the sixth mishap, the sixth person falling, I had run backstage begging to know where our dancer union reps were and why nobody was speaking up to stop the rehearsal and protect the dancers from what was a very clear danger. Little to say, the following season, I was elected one of those two dancer delegates for our union to speak to management on behalf of the dancers to make sure they were protected and treated fairly. I started to find my voice again at this point. I spent my final three years with the company cultivating a clear and affirmative voice, and I feel that this period of my dance career was quite defining and thrusting me forward to where I am today. After leaving Pacific Northwest Ballet and joining Ballet X, suffering my injury and speaking up to protect myself, which you can hear a bit about in my previous podcast titled Burning Bridges, uh, when... This tricky mix of situations arose and left me without a job. I was forced to make a choice between retreating into hiding, quitting my passion and career, or learning how to use my voice to promote myself. From here, my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, was born. I continued using my voice as I became more popular on the national freelance circuit. Not only was I writing about my experiences online, but I also had to speak for myself as my own manager and like my own union rep to ensure that conditions were safe enough for me to be performing and rehearsing in and that I was being treated fairly. There came a point where I knew I had to move on with my performance career. As I developed beyond my submissive nature as a dancer, I, I now essentially felt like a leader. I felt like I wanted to share my stories openly and honestly, and I knew that it was time for me to find another way to communicate uh, and to continue using my voice. I, I really like this idea of having a voice as a dancer as opposed to just being a silent dancer that expressed everything through their body. Luckily, back in February of 2016, I just happened to be featured in an article in Dance Magazine beside Megan Fairchild, a principal at New York City Ballet and also host of the Ask Megan show on our network here at the Premier Dance Network. At that point, I was approached by Kimberly Falker, our CEO and producer here, and she asked me to join the network as she was beginning to come up with the idea for, for it. And I feel so lucky to have been here for the past 18 months, doing something that has barely ever been done before. Regularly sharing my voice with an international audience of dancers, dance parents, dance aficionados, researchers, enthusiasts, artists, and beyond. I feel we are doing something so valuable, fresh, and exposing here, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. How many dancers get to walk through the entirety of their performance and post-performance careers who can say that they got to use both their artistic voice to express themselves as well as their intellectual voice? I'm so grateful to say that I have and still do. So on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening to my voice and my thoughts and uh, about my experiences over these past 18 months. I'm really looking forward to coming back to this platform in a month once I'm 34 and settled into my, my new apartment and can officially call myself a New Yorker. 
In the meantime, please send me any requests you have for future episodes you'd like to hear on here. I, I do keep a folder of requests on file and hope to get to each one someday. Also, if you are behind in Podichat episodes, I hope that this gives you a chance to go back into our archives on either the premierdancenetwork.com or on iTunes to hear everything that I've been talking about. I really, uh, <laughs> I, I've covered so many different topics, so I feel like there's a plethora of information for you to enjoy. And also remember, there are a handful of other hosts that we have here on the Premier Dance Network. So if you have gone through all my podcasts and you want some fresh new content, maybe check out one of those other artists that are are putting out new content and, and share different information on their podcasts. So, like I said, if you have any requests, please send them to me. Uh, it really is very thrilling to hear from you, and I'm sure that it'll be nice to be reminded that I still have people listening to my episodes during that month that I'm gone. So, keep them coming, even if you don't hear back from my voice, <laughs> uh, or if you don't hear back from me for a few weeks. So, with that, let's bring this episode to a close. I hope that you enjoyed listening into Pot of Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorlis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerolis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. You can find them on premierdancenetwork.com or on iTunes. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Kalolos, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography, and you can find that at B. Corollas. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return next month to talk dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.